You are listening to the Teaching Matters podcast, a podcast created by the University of Edinburgh to debate and celebrate learning and teaching in higher education. This podcast complements the university's Teaching Matters blog and invites students and staff to engage in topical conversations. Episodes four and five accompany the Teaching Matters mini-series on academic blogging. In this fourth episode, academic blogging student intern Leela Pitcher hosts a conversation with two University of Edinburgh staff members, Dr. Nina Morris and Dr. Hazel Christie. Nina and Hazel discuss their recent Principal Teaching Awards scheme-funded research project, which explores how assessed blogs are being used across the university. Happy listening. Hi all, I'm uh, Leela Pitcher. I'm an academic blogging intern. Um, interning this year and we're working on WordPress and all sorts of exciting stuff and we're joined today by Anina and Hazel um, and I was wondering if you guys would like to present yourself and tell us a bit about your role within the university. Uh, hi, yes, I am Nina Morris and I have recently um, undertaken a Principles Teaching Award Scheme funded project on Assess Blogs but I also use blogging um, in my honours option course with my geography students as a form of assessment. Hello, I'm Hazel Christie, I work in the IAD and along with Nina I've been working on the PTAS blogging as a form of assessment project and I also use blogs as a form of assessment for the students that I work with on the postgraduate certificate in academic practice. Amazing. Um, and speaking of that particular project, you two worked on it together, if I'm correct. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Would you mind summarising a little bit about what that was about and what your findings revealed? So when I was putting my course together five years ago, I was looking for advice and guidance on using blogs as a form of assessment. And there seemed to be a real dearth of advice out there for people and it made me start to wonder who else was using blogs across the university um, and then I muddled through the first year and then I did the Edinburgh Teaching Award and had to write a blog as a form of assessment effectively myself and then I met up with Hazel and we started talking about the Edinburgh Teaching Award and the fact that Hazel had also had to write a blog herself and we just started to wonder who else was using blogs as a form of assessment across the university and how we might look into that to try and find guidance and advice. Amazing. Did you find that? What, what, was, what were the results that you found over the university? We did a very nice piece of work. We started by doing a survey across the staff as a whole to find out how many people were using blogs in the university. And the short answer to that is not very many. We only found 17 instances where courses where, where blogging was being used as a form of assessment. We then chose four courses to follow to do in-depth studies with. So we got case studies from across the university where blogging was used as a form of assessment and we'll talk in a little more detail about some of the things we found as we go through the questions. But I think our headline findings were that, blo were that blogging was very much appreciated by both staff and students as an innovative, a creative, a personalised way of learning that they found both enjoyable and engaging. Just to explain to our, um, our listeners a little bit, um, can you tell us what an assessed blog would look like, uh, for instance, even just one that you've used in your course? Yeah, assessed blogs are, are, are very different, so we can each tell you about the blogs for our assessments. So with my course, it's a 3,000 word blog written over about 
nine weeks, eight or nine weeks. Each post is 500 words long and they are arranged thematically, so we cover a, a range of themes throughout the course and the students have to kind of uh, focus each blog post on one of those themes throughout the course. Um, and they have to just um, look in, in a lot of detail and, and depth about one particular aspect of that theme that really interests them or that they might have experience of or they might have read something interesting about. And so they focus it that way. Um, I encourage them to go out and take their own photographs if they want to and incorporate those into the blogs. Um, make their own media if, if they want to and incorporate that to the blogs. It's not an absolute essential requirement because not everybody has the same techno technological capabilities, but it's something that they can do if they want to. Um, they do a formative um, assessment at the start, so I take them to have an, ex uh, an experience and they write a formative post. I then basically take that formative post apart <laughs> for them. They might, in 500 word post, they might expect to get 40, 45, 50 comments on that 500 word document and I comment on content, I comment on presentation, I comment on structure um, and then they go forward and that's kind of them until the deadline at the end of the course. With my blog the students are encouraged to post on a weekly basis but they can then go back and revise and edit those posts throughout the course. Not every course does that, sometimes they're more fixed so that you can see progression in learning. So we have a deadline at the end of the course and as long as they hit that deadline I don't mind how many times they go back and revise those blog posts within that because I feel like their thinking develops over the course of the semester and it, I want to give them the opportunity to go back and rethink things that they've written at the start. Um, a blog tends to be a collection of individual posts that are assessed as a whole at the end of the course. On the PG cap, we use an 8,000 word blog because it's a 40 credit course. That's why it's such a, a, a high word count. Uh, the course is divided into four different blocks and each of those blocks has a number of formative blog tasks associated with it. That course runs for a year. Uh, like in Nina's course, our students have the opportunity to write the blog posts, get some formative feedback on them from the, the, the staff working on the team, and then they can revise and edit those right up until the submission date, a year after they first started to write them. And what we see very clearly is the development of their journey as they go through the course of their, we see it, it's, it's like having a, a, a log of their learning and how they develop and change as academic practitioners as they go through the course. Amazing. Do you find uh, that current uh, types of assessment are perhaps um, outdated to our, they don't particularly match our modern society, do you think that blogging could be a response to that, to changing the assessment and maybe engaging students? I don't think that more traditional forms of assessment are outdated necessarily, I just don't think it's a one-size-fits-all situation anymore. I think we need that diversity of assessment to really um, sort of assess our students' learning and understanding in, in, as, in as many different ways as possible. Mm. So, so I think essays and exams still have their place, but I don't think they should be the only ways in which we're assessing our students. Yeah, absolutely. That, that way lots of different students they can match 
their skills a little more. So to add to um, something that Hazel just said about this, what we found during this initial survey was that people had lots of words for blogging. Um, so people were maybe using blogs but using a different name, so reflective journals or online journals, and other people were using the word blog to describe what they were doing. But when we delved into it deeper, they weren't actually undertaking blogging in the sort of sense that we understood the term. Mm. So do you think that <coughs> perhaps um, it's it's taken some tailoring for students to match their tone to an academic one rather than just writing for personal blogging, for instance? I think one of the really useful things that came out of blogging was that for the first time students thought critically about who they were writing for. They actually problematised who their audience was and while the majority of the staff who use blogs were trying to get them to write for the, the public, to think of the public as their audience, it got them to unpack for the first time what was meant by their audience, what was meant by writing in an academic style versus a more informal style. And they had to take away those thoughts and work out for themselves how they devised a style that was personal and reflective while still meeting the academic criteria that are used to assess a piece of work at university level. I think what's interesting about that though is after after they'd become more skilled in doing that, they then transferred that to their back to their other assessments. So they began, whereas they might have written an essay in the, uh, previously and not necessarily thought about who was reading it at the end or a dissertation, who was reading, and the sense of writing for your reader and targeting your writing for your reader. They began, after writing a blog in the more sort of informal style, they kind of transferred that back to their more academic mm -hmm. assessments and really started to think about how they might structure their writing for a reader um, and sort of convey ideas in a, in a more logical sense. Mm. Do you think blogging helps students not only to write in a different way but to think in a different way about the work they're studying? Perhaps more visually? Um, I think it helps them to think in different... I'm, I'm speaking about students on my course at the, the moment because I'm teaching it at the moment I think it helps them write in a different way because it helps them make connections between the more academic theory that they're having to think about and the wider world and it they're almost it almost makes it more relevant for them because they're having to make connections between you know the news or their own personal experiences or kind of you know depending on what the course is the sort of you know exhibitions that might be happening and really having to make direct connections with that academic theory and the the outside world, wider world, I guess. Amazing. No, thank you. That's a perfect answer for a tricky question. Um, <laughs> do you believe that blogging has also been useful for staff such as yourself uh, on top of helping the students? I think possibly using blogs as a form of assessment is a more in intensive for the member of staff, certainly when it comes to um, assessing it. But I think one of the things I feel like it gives me as a member of staff is it gives me more of a connection with the students because I get to find out who they are and what they do outside of university because they're encouraged to bring that into their academic assessment and their, and their writing. So I do feel like I get a fuller sense of who my students are than I, did, than I would if um, I used exams and just an essay. I think I would echo what Nina says, certainly with the blogs we've just been assessing for the 
postgraduate certificate in academic practice, it's been more onerous in terms of time to mark them, but it has been a much more enjoyable process. And one of the things that we encourage our students to do on that course is to reflect on their academic practices. And it has been lovely over the course of the blogs to see how they have grown and changed and developed and how they've reflected that in their writing. Yeah, I feel with my blogs, <laughs> unlike when I get a pile of essays to mark and it's a sort of <sighs> feeling, when I kind of sit down to open the assess blogs up for my course, it's a kind of excitement. I want to know what they've done. I'm excited to find out what they've written about and the sorts of connections they've made. And, and just to find out about them and what they've been doing over the last 12 weeks, is, is, is it's an absolute joy. It takes a lot longer, but it is an absolute joy. And the things that my students have done with the course and the, the things that the course organisers on the PTAS project were telling us was that they were constantly being surprised by the amount of effort and enthusiasm the students put into the blogs. And they certainly seem to push themselves far further with the blogs because they want to than they would with an essay or in an exam. Mm. Did you find such an encouraging uh, response over the whole of the university or did you find that that was uh, found more, for instance, in humanities or sciences or did you find all students across enjoyed it just as much? When we did the PTAS work we very deliberately chose courses that were taken from across the three colleges in the university. So we had two courses in science and engineering, we had one course in arts, humanities and social sciences and we had one course in medicine and veterinary medicine and we found that pattern of the students enjoying the process of blogging to be consistent across the three colleges and I think one of the things we would say is that blogging is a form of assessment that can be used in a whole range of subject matters and it's not something that I would see as just the prerogative of people in the arts and humanities where you would more naturally think blogs might sit because of that emphasis on personal reflection, reflecting on your own experience, forming your own opinion. It works really well in science <laughs> and medicine too. I think what is absolutely crucial though and came out through the research is that it's really crucial that blogs are incorporated into the course design. I think you only get the best out of blogs if if you kind of if if they're worked into the whole overall design of the course, it's not something that you can necessarily just tag on. You can it's not something that you can decide to do, and then tag on to an existing course design. The whole course has to gear the students up to writing those blocks. So it has mm -hmm. to revolve around the assessment. Yeah, absolutely. Have you found it um, challenging to adapt the marking criteria you would have for normal essays onto, for instance, blogging? Platforms. So when I started out with my course, I couldn't find any sort of consistent grade-related criteria for assess blogs, so I had to adapt the marking criteria that we had in my department for essays and exams. But one of the things that we are doing through the PTAS project is trying to put together um, a set of, I want to use the word universal, but I use universal in the sense that we're putting everything that we can find and think of relating to assessed blogs in one document with the understanding that people will then be able to pick and choose the criteria that are most relevant to what they actually want to do. So if they're having their students write a group blog, there will be group criteria within that grade-related criteria 
um, for people writing group blogs and they can kind of cut and paste that out of that document and create their own marking criteria out of this sort of universal set of guidelines and we're hoping that that will become an open educational resource that we can kind of make available external to the university. Amazing. Um, have you um, found other sort of limits or challenges to incorporating blogging into uh, your courses? Have you, for instance, struggled with the technological side of things as opposed to having everything on paper? Is that something students also struggled with in your experience? I think the one thing, the one problem perhaps with the blogs is that the software that we have available to us at the moment um, prevents us from putting the blogs in their sort of online platform format through something like Turnitin. Mm -hmm. So we haven't yet kind of got a match between the plagiarism software and the online blogging software. I guess there are ways around that, but that makes it more labour intensive for the students because they would have to use a Word document and kind of separate out everything from the blog. This is actually one of the questions that we had coming as well, it was quite difficult to answer, but uh, the digital footprint is a really important part of having a blog and an online presence. Uh, do you feel it's important for you to educate your students um, about the digital footprint and plagiarism for instance or what they put online? Yeah, absolutely. We've been talking, certainly, so in previous years I've used um, the journal function in Learn which has been very sort of closed and I haven't necessarily kind of gone through that as much with the students. Partly because with my course the, the blogs are so individual and so personal that uh, plagiarism hasn't necessarily presented itself as such an issue but I can see in the future as the course runs in more years that that might become an issue. But this year now we've transferred to WordPress I have started incorporating more things into the guidance at the start of the course so we started talking more about accessibility of blog websites and more about copyright certainly because with WordPress I can see it as being a way of finally being able to at some point in the future make selected blogs written by the students available externally and so we've necessarily had to start talking about that kind of issue with mm. them. Especially copyright, I'm assuming, because blogging has that multimedia dimension where I'm assuming students can use images as well, perhaps videos. Uh, do you think you'll one day maybe expand it to vlogs? What are thoughts on the media used in, in your blogging? Um, I'd be completely open to my students using vlogs instead of blogs, particularly if there are circumstances which make it pre a preferable medium for them. At the moment, that's kind of out of my experience <laughs> soon, but yeah. I'm happy to be pushed. I would be happy to be pushed by the students into kind of expanding my expertise into that area, certainly. I will say that on my course, maybe it's not the same for other courses, um, that there are a fair few of my students who actually go out and take their own images and create their own media rather than kind of using I've, I've never set it as, a, as an absolute must because I realize that some people have more techni technical expertise than others but it, it's certainly something that I encourage them to do if they're capable of doing it. 
Amazing. And you, and you found the same level of um, involvement with media across all these different courses across university as well? Sciences used it just we didn't. We didn't ask specifically about their use of different media across the courses, but what we did find was that it was something that the students very actively wanted to engage with. They wanted to personalise the blogs, they wanted to tailor them, they wanted to make them individual, individualised, they enjoyed that creative process. Uh, but what they did struggle with was the technological issues that the different blog platforms would throw up for them. And they often got very frustrated that something very simple like embedding an image or embedding a hypertext link didn't work and that they had to spend quite a lot of time working out how to make the links work, how to embed them. Um, in some ways that was a very authentic learning experience for them because they turned those difficulties into what you might call teaching moments, that they worked out solutions to the problems. Quite often they shared those solutions with the rest of the groups. So those challenges became became teaching moments for them. Amazing. And do you think do you think that blogging could perhaps be a step into a tr sort of transition, as it were, into the professional world? Do you think that blogging has it important sort of pros to it in that sense? I think certainly for one of the courses, one of the case study courses for the um, PTAS blogging project, it was certainly accepted that not everybody on that course would stay in academia and blogging was a really useful transferable skill to take them outside academia if that's what they wanted so either start blogging in a professional capacity or in a sort of learning outreach capacity reaching audiences that might want to know about more complex processes and terms within that discipline but might need a sort of um, a different type of, of explanation than maybe academics within that discipline might. So it's kind of about, yeah, about outreach and learning outreach. And you, you brought up earlier um, the sort of having to write for a different audience, um, which was really interesting. Have you uh, found that students struggle with adapting their at academic tone? Have you ever seen examples of students maybe taking it too far and uh, just writing a little too familiarly, uh, for instance? One of the very interesting things from the PTAS research was how liberating and freeing the students found it to write in what they described as a more informal or relaxed style. That wasn't to say it wasn't without its problems. They struggled initially to work out what the right tone was. Indeed, many of them talked about how difficult it was to actually write I for the first time mm. in an essay. But once they got over that initial hesitation and unease about what was acceptable and learning and unpacking what the new rules of the game were in blogging, they came to really appreciate the opportunity to write in that more informal, more relaxed way. And I think one of the really important skills that it taught them was concision. They had a limited word limit they had to distill out and crystallise in a very short number of words the key messages from academic texts and translate that into prose that was accessible and intelligible to a lay person. And I think that combination of creativity and concision 
was something that they really benefited from and they found it hard to begin with but they spoke of how empowering that was. I think also they saw a change within themselves to be able to structure a piece of writing and really get a message across I think. Yeah. And I can understand how that could then help them actually write essays in other courses as well because I have also had a lot of teachers tell me that we actually our students try to write too much like the essay style so I can understand how that would be helpful and um, what sort of feedback have you gotten from students except for their empowerment in in their writing and you know their excitement at having another sort of platform to express themselves on um, what have they said about it has, has there been any negativity there at all except for the technological dimension the PTAS project was primarily a positive a research project in terms of what the students said, one of the things they were very clear about was that they engaged more fully with the course. They engaged more often, in more depth and right across the range of the course because they were required to blog on a regular basis. So that continuous and iterative process was really important to keeping them engaged. And that engagement, coupled with the fact that they found it something enjoyable, I think was a win-win situation for the students once they got over the technological issues and the issues about identifying how to write in a more informal style. And I've, I've heard that you, in particular, have studied the emotional stress that comes uh, with just coming to university and working for university. Do you think that blogging will also release some sort of emotional stress and perhaps is good for the mental health of the student as well uh, during their blogging experience? Well, I don't think it matters what kind of assessment we use. It will inevitably raise a range of difficult emotions for the students. What we did find in the PTAS research was that students um, were often opting into courses that had a blog as a form of assessment because of difficulties that they had experienced with other forms of assessment. So for example there was there was one there were a few students on on the PTAS project who opted into the blog either because they were very very anxious around exams and written assignments or because they were dyslexic and they found writing difficult uh, and they thought that the blogging would be a less stressful form of assessment for them. And as I say, it doesn't matter what form of assessment you use, it will inevitably throw up difficult emotions for the students. But in terms of the PTAS research, we definitely find more highs associated mm. with blogging than we find lows. So what do you think, uh, considering your studies and your reflection based on uh, student feedback, what do you think stands in the way of blogging being incorporated more fully around the university? In just in courses and assessment? I think there are two issues. The first issue is staff commitment. Mm. Uh, one of the things that's very clear from the PTAS project and from our own experiences is that it takes more time. There's no question about that. It is more onerous on the member of staff to mark a set of blogs, uh, particularly if you have to give formative feedback across a range of blog tasks across the um, length of the semester. So the first thing is staff commitment. I think the second thing is something that Nina's already talked about. If you're going to use blogs as a form of assessment, you need to fundamentally rethink your course design. So you need to go back 
to the beginning and say, what are my learning outcomes? What is the assessment that's going to best meet those learning outcomes? And how does the blog fit in to that? So it's, as Nina said, it's not something that you can just add in and stir. It requires a complete redesign, of course. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think we're also not saying that blogs are panacea. They, they won't be suitable for some courses. And I know you both collaborated on an event last year um, focused on uh, giving people practical strategies for blogging. Uh, would you be willing to share some of these ideas with us and um, tell us in your opinion what makes a good blog? <laughs> some little tips for the students if they listen. <laughs> I, th I think the first tip is to uh, is for, for a member of staff, if you're going to use blogs, then give the students some early formative feedback mm -hmm. because the process for them is <coughs> unknown. It's a step into the dark where the, the normal conventions of writing essays have been not suspended but are different. So it's really essential for their sense of where they're at with the blog that they get some early formative feedback and the blogs or the people that we interviewed for the the PTAS project iterated or they were, they were very clear that early formative feedback was absolutely essential for their sense of well-being and confidence in what they were doing. I think also um, it's really important that the staff member doesn't assume t too much technical capability on behalf of the students. Certainly when I was starting out with my course I assumed that students would know how to, ins well, would know what hyperlink was, and I was amazed at how few students knew what a hyperlink was, let alone how to put one into a document. I just assumed that they would have far more technological capability than myself, and mm. that's not necessarily always the case, and it's really important to start right at the beginning and be available to answer those initial questions at the start of the course. Amazing. And as we said earlier, if staff had any queries concerning um, marking criteria, would they be able to find that, for instance, in your project report? Um, well, we're hoping. We're just, we've got a set of grade-related criteria that we've sent out for feedback to various people and they've now fed back to us. And so we're now in the process of kind of incorporating that feedback into the main document. And then the next step will be to take it to the disability um, service to get their comments and feedback and then eventually um, hopefully to make it into an open educational resource mm -hmm. so that we can share it with everybody. Amazing. And um, <coughs> concerning <coughs> on the students end, uh, you talked earlier of being concise for instance, we spoke a little about using media in blogs, what would you recommend uh, is, a, is a good way to approach writing a blog post from the students point of view that could obviously lead to a good mark or simply just a, a better experience of blogging? I think to dis distillation and concision, I think, certainly one student, one, one mistake that students tend to make is they tend to fit too, try and fit too much into the blog and cover mm -hmm. too many points and it's quite a, a steep learning curve in that sort of formative um, blog that they do to try and get them just to really focus on what is the key main idea that they're trying to convey and then getting them to write around that rather than trying to put throw everything they know at 500 words or 600 words mm. however long that blog might might be so yeah i think distillation and concision are, are, are key 
So I, I know both of you are still uh, working on the project as well as still working on these marking criteria. What do you think is, are you still looking to work towards? What are your next goals concerning blogging? Uh, do you think there are any? Um, <laughs> is this project still very much in motion or do you believe uh, you've found the results you were looking for? I think we're still working through it, certainly. Um, we've um, got two publications that should be coming out later in the year for the project. We The project has been recognised by the Higher Education Academy as, an exa as a case study of, sort of best practice. That was last year. Um, we've certainly got a couple of conference papers coming up and we've presented the work at several conferences. Um, so I'm nearly out of my questions, but I was wondering if there's any part of this discussion on academic blogging that you feel we haven't touched upon, that any comment that you'd like to add? One thing that came out of the PTAS research was that um, there's perhaps more resistance to this form of assessment in some disciplines than others. Um, certainly that came through from our interviews with the course organisers um, in that some people found that the door was m more open than in other disciplines mm -hmm. that perhaps might maybe the course organisers describe them as being more traditional disciplines I'm not quite mm -hmm. sure what that means myself but um, certainly they some people felt there was resistance to change in terms of assessment and that they were kind of having to fight the cause on their own, I guess. Mm -hmm. Where do you <coughs> see the future of academic blogging? Do you see it uh, expanding around the university? Um, is there hope for that? I, I would like to see it expand because I find it a really useful form of assessment. I think m my one caveat to that would be it has to be appropriate. Mm. I don't think it necessarily should be a fad everybody should be blogging right now. I think I think careful thought needs to be given as to whether it's an appropriate form of assessment. Has your work with academic blogging made you look at assessment in a different way and perhaps think of other platforms and other ways in which teaching could be done? Certainly from the PTAS research what it indicated was a certain level of scepticism amongst the students about more traditional forms of assessment by which I mean essays and exams they found them regimented, they found that they made everybody the same, they talked about how an essay question just encourages 200 people to all write the same thing, uh, they found that boring uh, and they very much welcomed the opportunity to express themselves in a different way. Well, I definitely agree with that and I'm excited to see what it could bring in the future. Um, so if you don't have any other uh, things that you want to speak about. I will ask one last question um, for bloggers in general. Do you have any pearls of wisdom uh, or information um, on the sort of thing that you'd wished you'd known before you embarked on your blogging journey? I think I would say it's okay to say I. Take ownership, take control. This is you writing and it is one of the things that came out of the PTAS research was that for a lot of students they felt it was the first time they had been asked to contribute their thoughts on a lecture or a learned article that they had read or something that they could see from their personal experience 
that was important for an academic theory or concept? I think to add to that, what has been really exciting and important for me is the students, getting the students to realise that they are knowledgeable beings, they have knowledge within them. University shouldn't just be about lecturers telling students things that they need to know, they need to recognise that they already have a skill set, a background, kind of uh, knowledge, formed knowledge, and, and they can use that and draw upon that to kind of further their learning and understanding of the academic theory. Amazing. Great. Well, thank you to you both. Um, it was lovely to hear more about academic blogging from the side of staff as well. It's definitely made me see assessment differently. <laughs> I'll write all my essays as blog posts from now <laughs> and print them. <laughs> thank you.